The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease, but these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome everyone to 2016 and Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining us, whether it's live or on demand. We love all of our listeners and want to support those who embrace the notion that although they may be members by birth of the baby boom generation or Gen X or Gen Y, that they can choose to be members of Generation Regeneration or Gen R by the daily choices that they make. And we've changed up the schedule a bit for this year. The first show of each month, like today's, will be dedicated to the Abundance Cubed Adventure and Expansion for Wellness Entrepreneurs. My collaborator for this program, Noam Kostuki, is a successful business coach and creator of Masterpieces. And you can learn more about him at artofmagicalliving.com. And during our first show on January 5th of this year, we introduced ourselves, the Abundance Cubed Group Coaching Program, and our fabulous entrepreneurs that are taking part in it. If you missed that show, check it out on demand because it will give you an understanding of this program's goals and who's involved. Also, you can follow our page on Facebook, Abundance Q for Wellness Entrepreneurs. And for those that have been following, you know that our entrepreneurs were coached by Noam in January on the topic of defining their brand and that we're going to review that topic and the coaching session on today's show. And Noam is going to go ahead and join us. And not only is Noam here, but we're also joined by special guest Indy Lee. Indy's story is fascinating. After conquering a life-threatening brain tumor that pointed to environmental toxins as the culprit, Indy Lee awoke on April 22, 2009 with a new lease on life and the passion to create a chic and eco-friendly namesake collection, namesake collection. Comprised of the finest all-natural ingredients from around the world, the line is designed to enhance the face and body with gratifying green glamour. You can indulge in the luxurious feel and beautiful benefits of Indie Lee products while protecting the earth and your body. Learn more about her eco-chic collection of skincare products that combine style and sustainability without sacrifice at www.indielee.com. Welcome to the show, Indy. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for having me. All right, let's get started with you, actually. Let's start talking about how you have devoted a great deal of time and energy to defining your brand. Can you talk to us about how you've gone about that and how you've made it consistent with your personal values? Sure, no, absolutely. You know, um, I think it's really about exploring and defining who you are and, you know, what sets 
you apart and how are you different from other brands, especially in the space of beauty that I'm in since it's a rather cluttered market. So I think for us it was to be able to really identify those key points and, you know, for it, for me, it was both, both the line and me personally as a brand as it relates to my journey towards health, as well as my passion to create change um, in the healthy living uh, arena. And for us, it was also about making sure that the communication was in line with once we decided who we were and what that looked like, that all communication really resonated with that mission statement. So whether it was putting together a sizzle reel um, making sure that, w- that was eco-chic or any social media that we're doing. It's really important that who you say you are as a brand and what you look like as a brand are in line. Um, it's interesting for us. We went through this and we started back in 2010. I'll be honest, we were saying we were an eco-chic brand, but yet, and we communicated that and who we said we were in all of our verbal communications, but our visual communication did not match that. And as a result, we didn't really, I guess, start to see the tremendous growth that we do now until we rebranded in 2014, where we truly looked eco-chic. So I think that's really important that it's not only saying what you are and who you are, but making sure that you look that way across all channels. Mm. And so how would you define eco-chic then? How do you get that look? What is it that you do? Well, it's a couple of things. Number one, for us, it's what's in the, what's in the actual products. So it's, it's non-toxic, it's healthy products, it's products with a purpose. So there's that eco side, as well as the actual look of the products. If you look at it right now, it's very sleek, it's, it's very chic, it's very crisp. So you have, you know, that chic look, but the, they're also sustainable. You know, we use glass bottles. Our boxes are recycled paper. We're using soy-based ink. So I think it's also important that it's not just the visual look, but also the components, both in, in the product as well as the packaging. Mm, okay, so you're being consistent with your brand with, like you said, the packaging, but also any advertising that you do, any images, I assume, have to capture that as well. Are you 100%. Are you, yeah, so you're careful about that also. Very much so. And I think that goes to what I was saying before is that you need to make sure that what you're communicating, both visually on all the assets that you put out, as well as what you're saying you are, they're in line. And that they have that true, um, that true voice that one thing makes sense with the other and they grow on it. And that's truly what we've been doing even as we're now changing our social media is making sure that it's, it's that level of chic. We want it to look curated. We want it to look edgy, um, a little bit more fashionable. fashionable. Okay. All right. Oh, that's great information. Okay. Now let's see if we could get Noam on the line. Noam, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Now, Indy just gave us a great description about what she's done to make her brand consistent with the eco-chic line that she's developed. And you Mm -hmm. also are very knowledgeable about branding. You wrote a book called You Are Your Brand, which is required reading at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. So can you spend about five minutes and talk to us about your understanding of branding? Sure. Um, the first thing maybe for us to do is to define quickly the term because there's yeah. two definitions for the word brand. 
One is a product manufactured by a company under a particular name, and that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about people being products. We're using the definition, uh, an identity or an image, so that we're all on the same page. Um, now, when it comes to branding, the Jeff Bezos from Amazon said that your brand is what people say after you leave the room. And I disagree with it. Because I believe that your brand is what people say before you enter the room. So maybe I can illustrate this by a quick example of the most difficult brand ad to build, which was for UK charity. And from a branding perspective, it was a big challenge because they offer a weak adventure to cancer patients, which is a complete secret. So they approached me with the question, how the hell do you build a brand for a service or product that you can't talk about? And so what we imagine that the, the patients go there, uh, they're not told anything. They're just given a list of things to bring, like Wellington boots and flashlights and matches and other random items. They're told to be dropped at a bridge two hours from London City in the middle of the countryside and wait. And from the moment that they arrive there to the moment they leave seven days later, they never know what they're going to do next, which is the whole point of the experience, to bring back a lot of uncertainty and the unknown. The problem for the funders and the problem for patients, which are the equivalent of clients in the business world, is that obviously they want to know what they're paying for, what they're giving money for, what they're signing up for. And so what was significant for us was to think about how do you build a brand around something you can't talk about. And everything we did was to go back to the basics of branding, which is that branding works and branding is powerful when what you say about your product is the same as what people say before they try your product or your service, and is the same as what they say after they try your product and your service. And so what we did with these guys is that we got the patients to talk about how they felt all the way to the point that they reached the bridge and that the experience started, and then we jumped all the way to the end. And we never got them to talk about the experience. And for me, that was the most beautiful piece of branding that I had a chance to deal with because it was the perfect example of this theory that what you say about yourself has to be the same as what people say before they try your product or your service and the same as what people uh, say after they try your product and service. If you can achieve that, you will build a powerful brand. And... Um, Maybe we can finish on a quick quote by Richard uh, Branson, who said about branding, it is easy to be cynical about these things, much harder to be successful. Because branding demands commitment to being fearlessly honest about what you can guarantee to deliver, which is what you say, a commitment to consistently deliver the promise you make to your customers, and then for many, the hardest thing is a commitment not to shy away from speaking the truth about how good you really are. So the real exercise for people listening is make an assessment and go back to your brand and figure out whether your customers say the same thing about you that you say about yourself. Very interesting. So I'm seeing some common themes between what you just explained and what Indy explained about what she's doing, that there needs to be a level of honesty, authenticity, consistency, 
and truthfulness behind what you're doing to have a successful and sustainable brand, it sounds like. So thank you both so much for those descriptions. It's time now for a break. And before we go, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's show. On Gen R Radio, we believe that food is the foundation of true health. Learn to cook to heal with Monica Corrado, teaching chef and holistic nutritionist. Monica is offering a four-day Learn to Cook for Wellbeing Intensive in Northern Colorado and around the country in 2016. For more information, go to simplybeingwell.com. Now it's time for that break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed Adventure and Expansion, business coach Noam Kastugi, and successful entrepreneur Indy Lee. And we're discussing defining and building your brand today, something very important for all entrepreneurs. Stay close, and we'll see you in a jiffy. On the other side of this break, we're going to play clips from our first coaching session with our entrepreneurs. Thanks a lot. See you soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. It's here, announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Introducing the Abundance Cubed coaching program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Maholtra and creator of masterpieces Noam Kostuki are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. 
Welcome back, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed Adventure and Expansion, Noam Kastuki, and successful entrepreneur, Indy Lee, manufacturer of eco-chic skincare products that you can find at IndyLee.com. And now let's review some information from our first coaching session with our five entrepreneurs. And if you joined our show on January 5th, you'll know that our entrepreneurs are Jill Rios, owners of Pathway Holistic Center and Apothecary in Fort Collins, Colorado. Joanne DeBrule, owner of Stone Coop Farm in Michigan. Lisa Ponichter, physical therapist and Feldenkrais practitioner in Michigan. And Perul Agarwal, wellness coach, author and blogger. And Sarah Mask, esthetician and energy worker. And the subject of their coaching session was branding. And Noam spent time with each of them delving into their perceptions of themselves and their business in order to help them to find their brands in an authentic, consistent, and truthful way, just like we talked about on the other side of this break. Now, let's start with Jill's coaching session. The issue that Noam delved into with Jill was balancing her masculine and feminine energies because she identifies closely with the masculine side. And being the owner of a holistic healing center, she readily understands that she needs to bring the divine feminine to the forefront in order to fully define her brand. So, no, uh, can you define why feminine energy is important and why Jill was having a challenge with that and how we can all find a better balance? So let's clarify uh, the term energy so that we're all on the same page again because it can mean many things to many people. We're really not talking about gender or sex, right? I mean, we're really talking about ways of being and another way to call them is soft and hard or really any pair of opposites. So what we're seeing here with Jill is stereotypical to people who work in these masculine environments people in large corporations, investing banking and construction, which still work. And so people who work in these kind of environments develop these masculine sort of traits, which are things like great organizational skills, strong drive, these hard business skills, entrepreneurial, they, they've got good sales skills, good strategic skills. And you see that in the work that Jill does, that she understands how to run the business. She really understands sort of the structural way the business works. And that's where she has a strong advantage over um, other people in the health and wellness uh, world who may come from more softer industries, which have more feminine kind of energies. And one of the stereotypes is health and wellness and education. And in, even in these environments, like a lot of our other participants have already developed a great sense of empathy, emotional intelligence, sense of purpose, uh, spiritual depth, social skills. And that means that, the, that generally they're very good at delivering the services that are required for health and wellness. But most of them often like the, the, the hard skills that we're teaching here through the program. So... With Jill here, what's interesting is this experience of being able to bring the two together. And my recommendation after this show is that you take five minutes on your phone as a listener to make two lists. One, with all the activities that represent masculine energy for you. 
And then another list with all the activities that represent feminine energy for you. And then for all these activities you can think of that would foster one or the other, you want to identify where you focus most of your attention throughout your life. And, for example, I studied civil engineering at university. I did a lot of uh, chemistry, physics in high school. So, and then I did a lot of business and entrepreneurship. So a lot of my business life has been very much like Jill around these masculine kind of energies, which is why I've consciously made the effort to spend time focusing on more feminine kind of energies, activities. And so once you've decided and you've noticed where your strength is and where you're lacking in that way of being, you want to start focusing your attention on that second area. And my recommendation is that at the end of this call, once you've made this exercise, you pick three activities on the side of which you spend less of your attention on and commit to doing these 30 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, one hour a day for the next 21 days. And then you will be able to rebring the sort of balance of energy, which will allow you to deal with situations in a much better way. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The balance is super important. Uh, I think a lot of times we associate masculine energy with success, but feminine energy is also very important for a lot of the softer relational vulnerability type of traits, which are super important when it comes to success in business. Now, let's move on to Jonae. Her situation was similar in some ways in that her challenge was defining her brand outside of her organic farm because she's not the sole owner of it, and therefore she feels a lot of anxiety and fear about its future. And we're going to play a clip now, which is a great demonstration about how you uncovered this and how she should move forward with her brand from a place of love and confidence. So let's go ahead and play that clip for segment two. Let me tell me if, if what I'm hearing, how true it sounds. And okay. if it sounds completely wrong, that's perfectly fine because it's not about being right or wrong, it's about what I, what I sense right now. Is what I'm hearing that when you come from you as a person, you really come from a place of love because it's a lifestyle that has nothing to do with anyone else and that you, you can carry no matter what happens. While when you come from the position of you from the farm perspective, there is a higher amount of fear because that is partly controlled by someone else. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. It, 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 Tom dies tomorrow. His heirs decide, you know what? No money in there. We're going to resell this, build houses in there. What you do? From, when you come from that place of love and that lifestyle, what's, what's the opportunity that that opens for you? Well, if the farm was gone... My next step would be to figure out how to be a teacher for farming. And that's what I'm working on right now anyways. I'm not afraid to move. I'm not afraid to leave the farm. But it would make me sad for Stone Coop Farm to go away. Of course. What I hear, what's interesting here is that if the farm was to go away, the teaching of farming would stay. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So now, for me, you have the answer 
to where you want to focus your attention as your brand. Because this okay. place where you can focus the teaching farming is actually where you can focus your attention with love, with no fear. Does that sound right? Does that sound? Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. And if you can focus your attention without fear, then you can run 100%. When you come from the place of fear, of thinking, holy shit, this could go away, how do you feel? How do you behave? I can, I can already feel like if I focus on that, that the waking up in the morning with a list of what has to be done on the farm to make money this week would go away. I mean, in terms of like the whole intensity of it, it's, it's really hard for me to quiet my mind because there's so many things that have to happen all the time. And I'm worried about payroll and I'm worried about everything else and about the farm making a profit. But if I can focus on teaching people, if I can focus on, on that aspect, it's not as scary and it's not as intense. It's a lot more fun. It's a whole lot more fun and more relaxing so that maybe I won't feel like I have to work 80 hours a week, uh-huh. you know, because then I can find time for myself and for my family and to relax and enjoy where I am, you know, rather than freak out sometimes. Mm-hmm. 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 So who within the farm are you not teaching who you could be teaching to? Who am I the not teaching? Yeah. Whether the people who work with you or the people who don't yet work with you, who are you not teaching? Whom you could be teaching? Who are you trying to manage instead of teaching them? I am doing some teaching, and my goal this year is actually to do a lot more. I'm trying to figure out. I have three really wonderful employees this year who believe in what I believe and they want to learn. So it'll be easier for me to teach to them so that they can take more ownership of the farm in terms of me not micromanaging them. Mm -hmm. I just had 13 people last year and the turnover was crazy. So nobody knew how to do anything. here. So now I have one person, it's her second year and I have two people who have been here for six months and they really want to learn how to do it. So it would be, so my focus in 2016 is to do more teaching to them so that I can do less of every single solitary detail. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, what are all the problems? So what are all the, the, the big problems you have with the farm now? What are the big sort of areas where things need to be fixed, changed, where you want, you know, What's everything? Uh, the, big, the big stuff. The biggest thing for me is cash flow. Mm-hmm. And that's exhausting. <laughs> Mentally and physically. Okay. So if, if you looked at that problem from a teacher's perspective, if you looked at that cash flow problem from a teaching perspective, okay. what could you teach and to whom to solve that problem? I don't know yet. I gotta think that one. I, I don't. I don't know. Take a moment. Take a moment to think about it. Take a moment now. And, and, and you know, so, so sometimes these answers will not come right away. One idea would be that I can be more open with the budget and the labor costs with my employees, so that they realize when we don't get things accomplished efficiently and effectively, that we're losing money on products ah. and on services and 
So if they understand how much I'm paying to harvest a pound of spinach and how much we're actually getting, that that might help them understand how, how much money do we need this month uh-huh. and how much, how much spinach do we have to cut this month and how many employees or what's our budget for our labor this month. So I could take that, I could take that pretty far. Aha. Uh-huh. So I found that to be a very interesting exchange. And what we played for you was about six minutes long. And in that, which was a little compressed from the actual conversation, but nonetheless, in that amount of time, Jonay learned to really look at her business and her brand differently and to use what she loves to help build it. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this on the other side of the break because it's time for our next one. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed Adventure and Expansion, business coach Noam Kasuki, and successful entrepreneur Indy Lee, and we are discussing defining your brand. Stay tuned, and we'll see you in a few with more great stuff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed Adventure and Expansion, Noam Kastuki, and entrepreneur Indy Lee, manufacturer of eco-chic skincare products that you can find at IndyLee.com. Now, Noam, I really enjoyed that exchange that you had with Jonay that we played on the other side of this break. Uh, did you find it pretty powerful as well? Oh, absolutely. This was a, a very neat example of of change happening in a, in a short period of time and having a lot of clarity. What was interesting here is to notice how 
you can observe fear and use it as a guide. Mm. And what happened here with Janae is the shift between thinking of fear as being a real danger, like a physical threat, like someone who mugs you with a gun, for example, or emotional, spiritual threats and pain, which is what happened with Janae, which is the fear of losing the farm. And obviously, it wouldn't be convenient for Johnny to lose the farm. It wouldn't be easy. It probably wouldn't be fun. It probably wouldn't be comfortable. But the moment she realizes that actually it is not directly life-threatening and that what will be hurt is her ego and not her physically, then we can start using fear as the direction. So uh, the way I look at it is that when the threat is physical and there's real danger, then we use fear as a protector and we walk away from the fear. But when it's emotional and spiritual, like what happened with Janae here, which is the fear of losing the farm, the best way to do it is to walk right into the fear. And the moment we walk into the fear like Janae, which is, okay, so if you were to lose the farm, what would you do next? Then suddenly, she realizes there's no fear. There's nothing to be worried about. And all the answers come from her so quickly. And you're right. That's what I think makes beautiful this exchange. That all the answers, she had them. Yes. She just didn't see them because of her fear. And so, quick thing for uh, our listeners, make a list of five things you're scared of that are not life-threatening. And for each one of these things you're scared of, take one action that scares you. Uh, that scares you. Mm. Very yeah. easy, very simple, but it's going to make a big Yes. Yeah, that was great. And I thought it was very powerful how she started redefining herself outside of the farm uh, because I think she really mm-hmm. had herself intertwined with it very tightly, and that was what drove her fear also. And once she starts defining herself sure. independently from it and her brand independently from it, some of that fear goes away. So Awesome bit of coaching there. Now let's continue with parole. And her issue was pruning the tree, as you called it, because she's involved with many things and needs to focus to define her brand. And this may be something others identify with as well. So no, I like how you coached her to make a list of everything she does and sort the activities into different categories. So can you elaborate on that for others who may also have this issue, who may feel like they're spread out in a million different directions and need to focus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's interesting here is that people who are spreading in all sorts of directions often feel like they should be focused in one thing. While people who are focused on one thing feel that they should be spreading themselves. Um, so these are just simply two different phases of growth, divergence and convergence. Divergence is one of the first steps that we will need, which is you need to try different things. And Parul has had a beautiful uh, phase of divergence. So she's done many, many different things. She has videos, she has books, she has courses, she has online stuff, she has offline things, she has stuff for children, for mothers, etc. And so she spread herself really wide, which is great. And that's the first thing you do want to do. Don't take that as a bad thing. Take it as a great thing. If that's where you're at, make sure you grow as big and as fast as you can. The moment that you start to feel like you're doing too much, which is what's happening with, with parole, 
that you're doing too many different things, now it's time to converge and to prune. And like a tree, what we do is we prune the tree. And quick tip for your listening is when you're trying to prune the tree and to reduce the number of activities you do, make two lists. One list with everything that you're good at and everything you're not good at. And another list with everything you like doing and everything you don't like doing. And now you can start cutting down. Um, what you do is that you cut down all the things that become noise. And that's what we did with parole. We looked at all the things that are great, that are okay, but are not close enough to being a 10 out of 10. And the idea here is that we work with her on getting, going down to one idea. And for her, the one converging idea was uh, children. Helping with mothers uh, who are either pregnant or who are very young babies. And now that she converged to that and she found that one thing, now she can go back to divergence. And now she can start spreading herself again and doing different things but all of them coming from the place of we're doing this for mothers and babies. So wherever you are in the cycle, you're in the right place, just be aware of the next step of the process. If you're diverging, converge, if you're converging, diverge. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was another great exchange with Parul in helping her figure out how she does want to converge for now. And our final participant is Sarah. And you really delved into how she views herself and how that influences how she interacts with others professionally. There was a lot of, I think, um, self-introspection there with Sarah. And that was very interesting. And what we're going to go ahead and do actually is post that clip on our Facebook page because what I want to do now is I'd like to throw the conversation over to Indy because she no doubt has also had experience with all of these things, uh, masculine versus feminine energy, pruning the tree, defining herself and her brand. So Indy, for the rest of the segment, I'd like to ask you how you've dealt with these things that we've brought up with our entrepreneurs in the Abundance Q program. Sure. I think um, what was really interesting was exactly what Noam was talking about with parole. And I think another interesting part of that is you also have to have to identify that you can't be all things to all people. And so when you're looking at that pruning the tree, you have to realize what are the things that are taking you away from building your brand and who you are. And I certainly, that's something as an entrepreneur and as a small business, and a small business that is now dealing with scale, it's how do you manage that? Um, how, do you, how do you manage the different parts of what you do on your business and make sure that everybody's happy and not spread yourself too thin as well? And I really love what Noam is talking about, the divergence and the convergence. And it's something that I'm certainly going to take into my life as, as a brand and as a CEO when I look at identifying how am I going to move forward, and I think that's really an, an important characteristic for identifying your brand, because otherwise you, you dilute your brand equity, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. What I thought was also interesting was the divine feminine. Um, most people don't know my background. I started in public accounting, and I actually am a, I like to call myself a recovering CPA. So <laughs> I spent many years at HBO and 
an extremely high finance position. And so that was a very masculine role. And you had to be a little bit hard. But when I started this company, what I wanted to do was bring that divine feminine, that softer side into running a business. And I think it's also really interesting to point out that just because you're bringing that feminine side in, that softer side does not necessarily mean that you're weak. Absolutely. Weakness. I actually think it, it shows tremendous strength as an entrepreneur and as a business leader when you can bring in that inspiration, that compassion, that empathy while running a business. I truly believe that's why our, my business and our brand has grown so much is because of that, that part that we're bringing into business life as well as making sure that we're authentic with everybody out, you know, not within the organization, but as a brand when we communicate outside. Yes, those are wonderful points. And there's someone that you may have heard of as well. Her name's Brene Brown, and she's done some pretty amazing TED Talks, and she's done a lot of stuff with Oprah as well. She talks a lot about things like vulnerability, trust, yes. authenticity, mm-hmm. yeah. and I how that's abs- really important absolutely to allow people important. to see your vulnerability. I yes. think it's a strength, to be honest. If you can allow people show that to show your vulnerability, I think that authentic self comes out, and that's a really powerful place to lead from. That's right. Yeah, and the word that, that you brought up again is authentic because a lot of us are vulnerable, and we are looking for trust. And so that we need to bring all of that forward and not think that those more feminine characteristics are weak. Um, let's just... Let's just not think that anymore because it's not yeah, true. Yeah, I think and I think that strong. there is a shift going on. I yeah. truly do. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Okay, thank you both of you for this wonderful advice. It's now time for our final break. But before we go, I'd like to thank our fabulous sponsor for today's show. Speaking of food that is good for the body, if you want to learn to cook to heal, then teaching chef and holistic nutritionist Monica Corrado has the program for you. Check out the Cooking for Wellbeing Learn to Cook program with Monica at simplybeingwell.com. And thank you again, everyone, for joining us. It is time for our final break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with my collaborator for the Abundance Cube Adventure and Expansion, business coach Noam Kastuki, and successful entrepreneur Indy Lee, and we're discussing defining and building your brand. Stay tuned, and we'll see you on the other side of this break, where we'll talk about the challenging topic of requests for freebies or exchanges that many entrepreneurs may experience. Thanks a lot. See you soon. life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. It's here, announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Your life, your health, your network. 
You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed Adventure and Expansion, Noam Kastuki, and entrepreneur Indy Lee, manufacturer of eco-chic skincare products that you can find at IndyLee.com. And as we get ready to wrap up, I'd like to mention an issue that one of our entrepreneurs, Lisa Ponichter, brought up regarding freebies. And this is something you may have experienced too, Indy. So let's cue up the audio for the discussion during the last coaching session with Lisa and Noam. Go ahead and play the clip, please. Can you briefly re-explain to everyone else what, what was your question about the free stuff? Yeah, I had um, just... Basically, if people came to me and they were in pain and maybe they didn't have health insurance um, and couldn't pay for sessions, I would give away um, anywhere from one to a handful of sessions in order for them to get some benefit. And, you know, the business part of my mind uh, really didn't know if that was a good practice to do. Um so, I mean, obviously, as a practitioner doing hands-on work, I have a limited amount of hours, so there's only a limited amount of free sessions I can give away per week, but um, it's, always, it's always benefited me, so it, it was helpful to read in your book that you also give away free marketing, or people are asking you for materials, which basically bring you more business, and I feel like that... Um, practice of me giving away uh, free sessions has always reaped in referrals from those people back again when they know someone that's in pain um, they have sent them my way Good. but um, you know how how much of that ah, is that, that, that's deep-worthy. a question huh? <laughs> does anybody have uh, any anyone has a, a, a system for free stuff you have Sarah what's your system so when people can't afford me, then I will just suggest that they give me something in trade. They can make me something. They could bring me food. They can do anything. So at least there's some sort of trade of energy happening if I'm going to do a hands-on service with them. Okay. So that was an interesting discussion there. That was a very valid concern that Lisa has. And Noam, you provided her great advice ultimately about making exchanges from a place of love, not out of a place of obligation or out of a place of anger or being taken advantage of, but of a place of love and making a manifesto. So can you elaborate on that for those who may have similar issues? Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting place to finish because in some ways for me, this is the flip side of the conversation we had about Jill. Uh, we're sort of giving away things and doing things for free and helping people without getting paid back. These are very feminine, soft energy, and it is beautiful. And we don't want to get rid of that. We don't want to stop giving things away for free uh, because we run a business. And that's back to our conversation. How do we integrate the two? How do we make sure that the business 
and the heart work together. So in the wellness world, um, there's often the things I call the Mother Teresa syndrome, which is, yeah, I can't be paid for what I do. I need to help everybody. You can't. So the question is, how do we integrate the two so that we can create a successful marketing strategy while being loving and giving? Um, what I really like is to do this by facing the fear like we did with Jimmy. So what are you scared will happen if you don't give stuff away for free? And that's the first place I would recommend any uh, listener to work on. Put a timer on your phone and spend five minutes thinking about what is everything that could happen? What is the worst that could happen if you didn't give anything away for free? And then do the same exercise. What is the worst that could happen? What are you scared would happen if you were to give stuff away for free all the time? Because now we've got the two questions. One is from a heart perspective and the other one from a business perspective. And once you've got the answer to both, then you can start asking specific business questions like, what is your free stuff worth to you? So how much does it cost you to give something away for free? So as uh, Lisa said, when she works in a business in which her hands and her time is devalued, her time is very limited and is very valuable and very precious. Someone who sells uh, toothpicks, they can give away five toothpicks. It doesn't cost them much. Someone who sells something online, like a PDF online, costs nothing. Once it's built, it costs zero. So figure out what is the cost of free stuff to you, and then what is the value of free stuff to your client? Once you've got the answer to these two questions, you can ask the final one, which is, how much free stuff can you afford to give away, and what kind of return do you need from the free stuff that you give away? And by answering all these questions, you will have the building blocks to make decisions as to how much free stuff you give, how do you give them, and what is it that people have to do in order to receive these free stuff. And with that, you can write a little manifesto, like we recommend, I recommend it to Lisa, where you explain all of this very clearly, and now you've got something you can stick to. Yeah. Yeah, very good advice. Yeah, Indy, have you experienced this? We only have a couple of minutes left, but I'd like to hear yeah. how you've handled it. No, it's a very big issue. It's a very big um, thing in beauty, obviously, is sampling and free sampling. So it's something we experience all the time. And what I would say for that, um, you certainly need to set boundaries. And exactly what Noam said, he hit it the nail on the head when you need to have clear understanding of what it costs, And what do you think your return is? Because obviously if people in my business try products, they're more likely to to buy them. But you get to the point where people are like, well, can I just have things for free? Can I have things for free? So you have to have some sort of boundary and practice around it so that you know what you can and cannot afford and you stick by it. But when you do give things for free, I think it's really important that when you do give it, whether it's products or for me, it's my time on a call with someone for customer service where I might pick up the phone or it's, just, you know, someone asked me a question and you know what, I might bend the rules and send them something for free because I think it'll help them. You do it from love yes. and with love and without any other expectation, but just to do the right thing for them. Yes. And, and I think that's when you start doing things like that, abundance is is on its way. I mean, it's just, it's, 
it's synchronistic events line up. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, what I'm hearing from both of you is that it, this is sort of a masculine and feminine, feminine exercise and that the masculine part is doing the calculation and figuring out how much you can give for free and what it's worth. And then the feminine side comes in. Once you make the decision to give a certain amount, you do do it with love. You do do it with a kindness in your mm-hmm. heart and not out of a sense of obligation or anger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah. that's really great advice for any entrepreneurs who may be experiencing this. So I'd like to thank you so much, Noman Indy, for today's show. You gave so much valuable information. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And for then- being here again. <laughs> and next month on the Abundance Q program, the first Tuesday of March, we're going to cover the upcoming group coaching session that Gnome is going to do on promoting your business on social media. Social media is a very powerful tool, and he's going to teach how to use it to the greatest advantage. So be sure to follow along on our Abundance Cubed page on Facebook and also tune into that show to learn more. So thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Our topic for the second Tuesday of the month is always holistic modalities, and our guest will be Donna Vasaki, author of Meet You at the Base of the Mountain, which contains many powerful spiritual insights about loss and grief. So thank you again for joining us, everyone. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.